Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. Yeah, I can't believe it. I think this year today we have, uh, through my, my code, I have about 67 people that have bought Teslas with it. That's crazy. Which, I mean, you're, so that's, you're approaching $7 million in, in product sales through one affiliate. I mean, it, I guys, actually, affiliate marketing isn't a- just for referring people to your favorite hosting company or the, your favorite product on Amazon. Ben Sullins at Teslanomics, which is a YouTube channel, was able to refer 67 people through his code to buy 67 Teslas. And that allowed him to win the brand new Tesla Roadster. We're gonna get into that story today, but first let's kick it off with the music. This is episode 301 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Stick around. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he still gets so nervous he wants to throw up before speaking on stage, but he gets up there anyway, Pat Flynn. What's up, what's up guys? Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Pat Flynn. I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And before we get started, please make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast because we got some great stuff coming your way. And in today's episode, we're talking with Ben Sullins, the founder of Teslanomics, which isn't what he started out doing. He actually had nothing to do with Teslas. And we're gonna talk about how he sort of, I don't wanna say accidentally, but how he just stumbled upon uh, these signals in his existing YouTube channel to make a complete shift and pivot into the Tesla space. Uh, And as you heard in the beginning, he's been doing very, very well and was so is doing so well that he was able to refer enough people to get a Tesla Roadster for free, even before we all knew what a Tesla Roadster was. And if you hadn't seen the reveal that Elon Musk made, uh, this is now my new dream car. Besides the DeLorean from Back to the Future, right? But this is now my new dream car, and Ben has it now for free when it becomes available, uh, one of the Founders Editions. It's just such an incredible story. I was actually uh, fortunate enough to meet Ben in person at one of our San Diego Entrepreneur Group meetups, which happens every first Wednesday of the month in downtown San Diego. He came by, he introduced himself, very humble. I was like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, well, I do data analysis and data science, and I keep, I, I just am an Excel spreadsheet nerd. And I was like, okay, well, what's your YouTube channel? And he said, Teslanomics. And I said, Tesla, like Tesla the car, like Elon Musk, Tesla, uh, although he pronounces it in a different way. And we actually get into that a little bit in the show here today because it's just very curious. He says, Tesla, uh, and I say Tesla, potatoes, potatoes, niche, niche, whatever. 
But um, again, we're going to get into his his story here. But he, then he tells me all that he's doing on YouTube and how big he's grown his channel in such a short period of time. I just had to learn more because as many of you, uh, as many of you know, I'm getting big into YouTube starting in February. So that's another thing. If you haven't done so already, make sure you check out some of the more recent YouTube videos I'm doing. I'm sort of warming up the subscribers there for a big run starting in February. We're shooting for several videos per week that are going to help you grow your online business. So make sure you follow me on YouTube as well. That's going to be at smartpassiveincome.com slash YouTube. And we'll share all these links in the show notes and such later. So we'll get to that. But for now, let's just dive right into the interview with Ben Sullins. Again, Teslanomics. Gosh, he has me saying it. Tesla now. Teslanomics uh, on YouTube. And uh, teslanomics.co is the website. So here we go. Ben, welcome to the SPI podcast. Thanks for being here, man. Dude, thank you so much. I am so glad to be here. Been a fan for a long time, so it's kind of surreal. I appreciate that. You know, when I met you, I knew we were going to be instant friends when you told me that you had a YouTube channel about uh, Tesla. <laughs> yes, because yes. Tesla is one of my favorite things, and it's the closest to uh, having a DeLorean that I can have right now in terms of like the Tesla X. But anyway, yeah, you have an amazing story. You, you you talked about it a little at one of our San Diego Entrepreneur Group meetups, and I just knew that I had to get you on the show. So I'm really excited to dive into that. But before that, like, tell us. A little bit before you got into Teslanomics and the stuff that you do now, kind of what were you doing beforehand? Yeah, so I've been in the kind of data science field for a long time. Um, I was basically an Excel junkie and geek back in the late 90s, working at, at the time, what was a tech company called MCI, the phone company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people always talk about follow your passion, find something you love, that kind of thing. And, and, and I believe a lot in that. And that's what really kept me with it. So I found I loved working with data and numbers. And back then it was very rudimentary. But throughout all the years of my corporate career, I, I always focused on that. I never deviated from data and figuring out how to use data to basically make better decisions. Typically, that was for companies to, I don't know, increase profit margins or things like that. So I spent about 18 years in corporate America in the field of data science in one you know, uh, role or another. Um, had had a lot of fun. I really did. I loved, I did a lot of consulting in Silicon Valley. I worked at Facebook. I worked at Mozilla. I worked at, uh, did a lot of consulting with Google and all these different companies. Really fun time. Um, but then actually, I think uh, listening to you on, on SPI was one of the things that got me started thinking about how can I make more time in my life? How can I have more flexibility? And of course, it's all about residual income and passive income and these kind of things. So uh, fast forward to when I was working at a company called Plur- site, they were, uh, they are an online um, training company. So kind of like lynda.com. I know you've, you've talked about them before. I'm sure yeah. you're familiar. And um, I started making courses for them, online courses on data science type topics. And there, you know, the, the royalty, the revenue split is really low, but they basically have the audience, right? So they do all the marketing for you, all the sales, all the, all the processing of that. So you just make the content. Started making online courses for them. Did a number of a number of them. Finally, actually joined them as their chief data officer. Was there for two years. Started an office here in San Diego. Uh, and then um, when my son was born, when he was about six months old, decided like, all right, that was enough of corporate life. Almost eighteen years, uh, kind of shackled to the desk, and it was time to make a change. Not because I wanted more money, but because I wanted more time. And um, I was fortunate. I think I had 13 online courses, and I was able to leave my my corporate life behind and you know venture into this world of you know digital entrepreneurship. 
And those were courses about data analytics. Yeah, everything from like how to do something in Excel, how to present information better, to how to configure a Hadoop cluster. Like, you know, Hadoop is the big data. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Like something way advanced and crazy that, you know, big data engineers use. Right. So I I made a lot of courses on kind of everything in that whole space. Okay. And so these were online courses. How many students overall would you say you had between all those at that time? Oh, man. Um, Even today, because, you know, they're still generating. generating income i think i get about seven to ten thousand students a month what that's a lot of yeah. students and this is well, driven by the, the the marketplace you're in yeah so with Pluralsight, um and now i have uh 16 courses with lynda.com as well so total i have 29 online courses but uh you know those platforms have giant audiences, right? I, I don't know what the public figures are, but some upwards of 500,000 members uh, on on Pluralsight and probably several million on Linda because now they're a part of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when somebody watches it, you know, I'll get five to 5,000 people a month or something that go through the course, but it's not like I were selling 5,000 copies of the course if it were 100% my own, right? So the royalty model is quite different. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of people take it and that that helped spur kind of, you know, listening to you talk about how this stuff works as an independent creator, it really kind of, kind of motivated me to then go and say, okay, what can I do in addition to this that is 100% my own that I'm not really, you know, de- dependent upon one of these platforms because who knows what will happen to them. Yeah, I think that's really smart. You want to have full control over kind of what you're doing. And, you know, at any moment in time, these platforms can, you know, part ways with you or what have you. But it's great. And, and it's cool that they're still uh, working for you kind of passively as you have this other focus. Now, let's transition a little bit into a little bit more of the Tesla stuff. Like, how did this even enter the picture? Because what yeah. you just told me is nothing what I <laughs> like what I see you doing now. Right. Right. So this is all about, I think, uh, listening to the signals, right, or finding those signals that that will that can really change your direction. And part of what I was doing with YouTube at the time prior to doing the Tesla stuff was I was doing these little teaser videos like, hey, you know, check out this really cool tip in Excel and then go watch my online course. And nobody cared. Basically, nobody on YouTube cared at all. You know, if I got a thousand views on a video, that was like a success. Mm -hmm. But in YouTube terms, that's absolutely nothing. So what I did was my wife asked me a question one time because we had bought uh, a Tesla uh, the year prior. And I had kind of sold her on this idea of, well, hey, we're going to save a ton of gas money because it's electricity, yada, yada. And she said, "Okay, data guy, you know, show me the numbers, like prove (laughs) it to me. Numbers. (laughs) Right. I even have I even have a mug. You know, uh, let's do the numbers. Nice. <laughs> so I took that and I said, oh, man, OK, I really got to figure this out. And I was interested myself, like, OK, you know, Tesla, Tesla advertises this. Let's figure it out. So I, I did the math. I looked at gas prices in San Diego. I looked at how much I've, I had driven. I looked at how much we had paid in electricity. And I basically did a really poorly produced video on a 720p webcam with horrible lighting, me talking through a spreadsheet. And it was just, here's how I calculated it, you know, and in the end, like, here's how much money we were saving uh, by having a Tesla. It was about 40%, uh, which is significant. But if you don't drive because you work from home, it, it really doesn't add up to a lot of dollars, right? Um, and, and that video in the first week on YouTube had something like 200,000 views. What? And How did that happen? Well, 
as I've learned, YouTube, it's all about the algorithm and, and the things it likes. And so I think what in the Tesla space at the time, and still is this way, there was obviously a huge amount of interest, right? People that love Tesla are really, really into it. And there weren't really, now Tesla themselves don't do a lot of marketing. They don't do advertising or any of that stuff. So a video about Tesla that in my case was personal, right? Because it told you how much money you're going to save by owning a Tesla, which is something like people love stuff that's all about them. Um, and, and it was real, like I'm showing you data. This isn't just like my opinion. Uh, I think it really landed well with a lot of people. And then YouTube sees that and then they, they recommend it. Um, so, you know, from there, that absolutely went bonkers. And, you know, I'm being a data guy, I'm freaking out. <laughs> and I'm going, wow, okay, what is it? Um, so then that's when I first got my first hint that maybe I should talk more about Tesla on YouTube. Yeah, and we'll get into kind of what happened next. But let's go back a little bit. 200,000 views in a week. You had said it's because of the algorithm and it kind of jived with a lot of people. It landed well with them. Can you define what that means in terms of what does it mean to land well with somebody on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. So in YouTube terms, the, the stuff I've learned now, and I'm still learning every day, but the big thing is watch time. Um, likes, dislikes, comments are all secondary. Uh, that stuff helps, but it certainly is not uh, the main factor when YouTube looks at a video and whether or not it wants to recommend it. And so uh, the title of the video is, what is the monthly cost of a Tesla? The image is a Tesla and it says monthly cost in, in text in the actual image. So it all matches, right? All that's very good. And, and YouTube loves that. Then when people watched it, the, the retention rate was really high, meaning people watched, you know, almost to the end. And that is what they love um, because the more people spend, the more time people spend on YouTube, the more ads YouTube can show them. And so the more money the creator makes, more money YouTube makes. So that's kind of the, the main thing. And so looking at, at the data on that, I mean, the retention rate was much higher on that video than, than even today, a lot of my other videos. And so that's where I think, you know, it landing well, that's what I mean by that. Why do you think that video had such a high retention rate? I think it's because the, the subject of the video is something that it's, a, it's an answer to a question that people have. It is directly kind of to, to something, you know, people want Teslas, right? But they don't know these details because Tesla doesn't really share them. Or if they do, they're sometimes unbelievable, right? Some of these things, Elon kind of promises a lot. And so here's like a real person that is, you know, sharing real data. So it's, it's, it's uh, valid, it's legit, it's not like made up. And it's a, something that they are personally interested in. So I think all those factors combined, like if you look at the production quality, it was horrible. It was really bad. And that's a big lesson for everybody right there. Yeah. Well, YouTube is a thing. You know, you can find a lot of videos out there that have really poor production quality, but they just ring, you know, really well with people. It's either something that personally that they, they makes them feel good or it's an answer to a question that they've had. I don't know about you, how many times I search for an answer to something on YouTube or on Google and I end up on a YouTube video that has, it's like really bad, <laughs> but it gives me the answer I want. So good, you know? So I, I think the, that's a really interesting lesson about video production is that yes, you know, people, when you're, when you're, have a certain level of success on YouTube, people expect high quality video, but the YouTube algorithm doesn't necessarily care about that as much. Yeah, I agree. It's all about watch time. As many of you who are listening to this know, I'm going pretty big on YouTube as well. So I'm trying to follow Ben's lead a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm asking a lot of these questions for selfish reasons too, but no, I know a lot of you are interested as well. 
my thought on that video in particular is when you tell people, okay, well, here's like, what's the, the, the cost? Like people want that answer. And the whole video is this gap that you were just closing in on the entire time. Right. And the answer finally comes at the end and people can engage because they uh, drive a certain amount versus how much you drive. They pay a certain amount for gas in their place versus how much you pay. So they're kind of like comparing themselves to you along the way. Um, Cause I've done videos before that I thought were great that I thought were going to be huge and they weren't and people leave before they get to the part in the video where actually I felt <laughs> that they would like want to stick. So I'm learning a lot about retention and keeping people's uh, engage, keeping people engaged too. Okay. So this video explodes. You have these courses that are about something, you know, mostly completely different. What's going through your head and what decisions do you make? Well, I, I still was in the tunnel of, wow, people love me talking about data which was wrong, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I make a couple more videos mm -hmm. and I think at the time this was uh, November, 2016. So we're talking election time, right? And I'm thinking, oh, what a great thing. It's super popular in the news. I'll do my data science thing and really break down the numbers. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody wanted to see those videos. And what kind and, of video, like what kind of videos were those? Well, it, it was looking at like polling results. And I don't know if you follow 538, they have a great, uh, you know, data science team and there's lots of information information about how to actually try to predict things and all that. So I was kind of parsing some of that data and coming up with the visualizations. I mean, this is what I do. And, and yeah, nobody really cared. I um, mean, I, but it's funny because I really tried to step up the production value. I still basically had no clue. <laughs> then I made another Tesla video. I thought, okay, maybe, maybe it's not me talking about data. Maybe it's not, you know, these things, maybe it's Tesla itself. And so I did a video, I, I forget which one it was. It was like a uh, model S versus uh, Mercedes uh, C class or, or E class or something like that. And, and what I did is I broke down the cost differences, right? Like here's your, here's your, here's the retail price. Here's what you'll pay in maintenance. Here's what you'll pay mm. in insurance, all the, and here's what you pay in fuel. In the end, here's the total cost of ownership. Surprise, surprise, the Tesla's actually actually a lot cheaper. That video, again, the first week had over 100,000 views. And I'm like, man, okay. So uh, this is just trying to tell you something, right? Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The universe is banging me over the head with a hammer going, hey, dummy, you know? And so, yeah. So then I really started to get the hint, made another video, very similar Tesla something versus Tesla something else did really well the first week or so. Um, and then in the new year, in January of 2017, of this year or last year or whatever, we, uh, that's when I decided, all right, I'm just going to rebrand the channel. I mean, I think I had 800 subscribers. It was still very tiny and really not going anywhere. But I'm like, all right, let me just rebrand it so when people come here, they know they're going to get stuff related to Tesla. Mm -hmm. Like, like so, you, you know, if you see the name, you know, okay, great. So hopefully that'll that'll encourage people to subscribe because they'll know that what, you know, the theme is of the channel is something that they're, you know, interested in. And so, yeah, in January, I, I, I kind of pivoted the focus and said, all right, I'm just going to talk about Tesla, but I'm going to do it in my way, which is looking at the numbers of things, you know, not looking at the flashy sex appeal of this stuff, which is hard to ignore, obviously, but, <laughs> but, but I wanted to bring my perspective on it, right? Looking at the costs, looking at other factors and things like that. So No, I love it. I mean, this is a perfect example of uh, taking the superpower that you have, which is data and putting it into something that, you know, obviously a lot of people also enjoy and coming at it in a completely brand new angle, which allows you to stand out, which is great. So the name of the channel is, is what? 
Teslanomics. Teslanomics, like economics, yeah. Teslanomics. It, it's a play on Freakonomics, the podcast, if oh, you've okay. listened to that one at all. Oh, yeah, cool. I, oh. I, I'm a huge fan of those guys. I love um, those guys too, yeah. Yeah. And so, so that, that was, I was talking with a friend. I'm like, well, I want to do economics and Tesla. Like, why don't you call it Teslanomics? Like, yeah, bing. And there was nothing out there. Actually, someone else still has the .com domain and it's to like some forum that's been dead for years. I'm like, fine, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> you know, Google doesn't care about domain names that much. It's, you know, more about SEO stuff and right. all that. So, yeah. I think we have to address the big elephant in the room right now, which <laughs> is, and I don't know if you know what I'm about to say, but um, the fact that you say it, Tesla, and most people oh. say Tesla. Yes. <laughs> why? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know why. I don't know if there's actually an answer to why. Uh, it's just how I pronounce it. Uh, but but I'll say this. Uh, Elon actually talked about this in an interview uh, in, I think, 2012, because he says it the way I do. And so does Franz Hallhausen, Hallhausen, the chief designer, what a name. Uh, who has a very German name, but he's just a dude from Connecticut. <laughs> so <laughs> he, that's his words, not mine. Uh so he, so we all say it the same way. So I kind of argue, hey, if Elon says it the same way I do and so does Franz, I can't be too far off, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why. So so the difference was uh, cars versus boys. Like like if you look at these you know, two words, they have a soft S or a, a pronounced S or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I was reading okay. some, some linguist talked about it and they basically said – you're talking about the name of a company that was founded in America, so you shouldn't really like worry about you know the the Serbian American inventors pronunciation and all that. So, but yeah, I do get a ton of comments on it. I even did a funny video where uh, I went to my wife's hair salon and I interviewed ten of the stylists and said, "Hey, you know, just just pronounce it." And yeah, seven out of the ten pronounce it with a soft S, and only three, you know, which I may may have coerced a little bit into <laughs> pronouncing it my way. So, so yeah, it's. Definitely Definitely, um, I, I, I guess, that. yeah. So, but hey, you know, it's like uh, something special, I guess. No, I love it. I mean, it's I, I struggle with niche versus niche. I get a lot sure. of flack for both. So it's, and, and now I interchange it, which it's probably something I shouldn't do. Well, but. the real question is it GIF or GIF? I say GIF. GIF. Animated See, GIF, right? Who says animated GIF? I do. GIF is a peanut butter. <laughs> Well, right. And, and see, again, though, the guy that interviewed or the guy that created it, I don't know if you ever saw that, but they interviewed him and asked him. And, and he says it's Jif like the peanut butter. However, uh, whatever, you know, people, whatever's the most popular way to say it, that's what we're like, It's actually guy. It's, it's yeah. Actually, right. Like, like, nobody gets it right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep going here. Um, okay. So, so in January, you rebrand. And then what? What is what is your life like at this point and, and like your your regularity in this brand? Yeah. So I'm still making online courses at the time, um, which is taking up a lot of time, as you know, they're a lot of work. Uh, and so I'm still kind of, uh, uh, you know, pushing on that flywheel. And then um, I'm now producing, I think I was doing one video a week at the time. Um, so I amped that up and me trying not to do it all myself. I hire an editor very quickly. Uh, I realize that that's not my strong suit. Um, and so I could easily just pay somebody that is much more efficient for me. So I, I find a guy on Upwork. Uh, he's fantastic. We've been working actually together since then. Nice. Uh, it's ironically, we just met face to face at the semi truck unveil in LA a couple weeks ago. Oh, you were there? Or whatever that was a month ago or so. Yeah. Semi truck yeah. slash roadster reveal. Yeah. We'll yeah. We'll get into that in a minute. We'll get, yeah, we'll get there. 
Um, so yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm doing one video a week. I have an editor, uh, and then I'm doing online courses still, which my online course schedule was pretty, was pretty intense. Um, yeah. Cause I think I, I, I did 16 online courses this year, uh, or in, in, for, in a 12 month span, I think it was September to September. So with your yeah. Tesla stuff and your videos, how far ahead are you planning? Oh man. Um, you know, I have a Trello board that has, probably several months worth of videos to make but the hard part is is that the news cycle with tesla goes up and down um you know so quickly that i'm, I'm really about two to three weeks out in reality um can you talk more about that like what do you mean about that why is that important well so for example right uh i had planned on doing a video uh so i before the semi-truck unveil i had maybe five videos i had done for the semi-truck and because I, I wanted like as people as that the news cycle around the around the Tesla kind of came onto YouTube, I wanted to be the guy that if you searched anything Tesla semi, I was there. And so I had a lot of like what I hope to see, you know, how it could affect the industry, like what could it possibly like, like all these things as much as you can possibly do. Like if you if you follow any of the big uh, tech reviewers like MKBHD, guys like that, they do it all right. So there's like five or six videos before the next phone comes out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when you go search, bam, they have all this content related. So I was really trying to plan in advance. And um, the most perfect example was uh, I had actually filmed. 90% of a video about the Tesla Semi because there were all these leaks, there were all this data, and we basically had this whole video put together about like, okay, well, how much money could they possibly make? How many could they sell? What's the industry? Like all these things. And then when they unveiled it, the details were so like wildly beyond any of the leaks or anything that I had to completely scrap the video oh, and redo the whole thing. Yeah. So I was trying, you know, so I try to plan as much as I can, but Tesla is so kind of uh, tight-lipped about these details of these things that you can't make a lot of the content until it comes out. And as soon as those details come out, you know, you want to be there because especially like my audience expects me to, you know, talk about these things now. So, you know, it's really hard to plan too far in advance just because of, of how, uh, how, how quickly things change in the Tesla kind of world. Yeah, that makes sense. And how big is your audience now on this brand? Yeah, on um, YouTube we have uh, approaching fifty four, fifty five thousand subscribers, um, and the number of uh, people watching per month is much higher. Though we're close to a million views per month, um, so sort of like in YouTube terms, punching out of my weight class, I guess is a way to put it. <laughs> Right. There's a lot of channels out there. Like I have a lot of friends with 200,000 subscribers, but they're only getting, you know, 500,000 views per month. So I think it's a really weird kind of interesting thing. Still something like 80% of my views come from non-subscribers, um, which is a really good sign on YouTube terms, because that means that YouTube is suggesting your video to, to people that are not already subscribed to you. So I think, uh, and, and that actually holds true for, I have friends with millions of followers and they still have that ratio. Like 85% of their views are from non subscribers mm -hmm. so it's it's a really interesting thing about like you know when you when you take a uh, the version of this like in the digital marketing world you think about like how big is your email list right and my email list is i don't know like thirteen thousand now um which i feel pretty good about you know at the beginning of the year it was zero so yeah there you go but in terms of youtube there's like subscribers versus views and those things aren't always directly correlated right and first of all to start off with 800 subscribers when you were talking about data to now 55,000 subscribers, like what is in your mind, like, how do you feel about that? 
I I feel like it's the only thing I've ever done in the social media world that's worked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've tried to have Facebook pages and Twitter and this stuff, and it's almost. I think you had an interview with uh, Clay uh-huh. from what, Lead Pages, I yes. think, and. And he talked about it. He said, like, you have to master one thing at a time, yeah. right? Like, one of the fallacies was trying to do, like, all these different things. And so, you know, I, I've, I guess I, that this growth, it makes me feel amazing, but it also is, is another clear signal of, like, YouTube is my thing, right? Like, I've tried podcasting. I've tried all these other things. And it's like, it, you know, there's probably a lot of things I'm not doing right that could do better, but YouTube works for me. So if anything, that's like just the clearest signal for me that that's where I, I belong. I love that. And that's a great reminder for everybody. If you haven't heard that episode yet to go and listen to it as a game changer, actually the most downloads in the shortest period of time with over I think 400,000 downloads in just a month of that episode, which is a, a pretty abnormal for the SPI podcast. That's episode 263 with Clay Collins, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 263. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes, obviously, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, now, okay, so you're you're going gangbusters with with the Tesla Tesla stuff and creating <laughs> videos. You're getting millions of views a month now. How does that translate to business? How does that translate to life and, and dollars? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah, yeah, totally. So the YouTube money is is the YouTube AdSense is pretty small. Um, you know, I think you get around two thousand bucks, the two to three thousand dollars for every million views. Um, so still, you know, even at a million views a month, two to three thousand bucks, depending on on where the views come from, uh, not enough to to really you know support living in San Diego, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's True. it costs a bit more more than that um so what, what i've tried to do is to bring that community uh from youtube into a more private space um by joining my email list and then from there working with other creators to bring opportunities to them that that they'll find value in um so you know hosting online events or promoting other people's online courses or i i, I still have this this notion of creating my own online course but you know at the end of the year and all this other stuff. It'll probably happen early next year. So really trying to basically create uh, opportunities and things for these folks that they will like, that makes sense, that are kind of in line with, with you know, the Tesla stuff and what they're interested in um, to to kind of monetize and grow, grow it as a business outside of YouTube. Because just on YouTube alone through AdSense is really not sustainable unless you're like Jake Paul or somebody like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And, you know, I've gone to video conferences and such and met a lot of people who have millions of views, millions of subscribers, but they don't have anything outside of that. They're only relying yeah. on AdSense income, which is really scary and also <laughs> kind of like crazy to me because you have that many people who follow you. Yeah. You can do things to serve them even more, which will help pay you even more in a way that you have more control. So it's really cool to see that you're doing that. Do you mind going into depth about, you know, some of the things that you're doing to, to do that beyond the email? Yeah. list? like the, you, you mentioned this, um, online, uh, summit uh, thing. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I recently did uh TeslaCon, And so this was the first online summit. You created this. I created it. Yeah. Because I, I sat down with a friend of mine who's, who's, uh, another digital entrepreneur and we talked about it. He has, he's, he teaches software developers how to be cool. So he has a lot of things about like how to, you know, dress or something like that, how to pass an interview, like personal development type stuff. So there's an obvious kind of value there. Right. And so I, 
I, I came to him and I said, what can I do here with this audience? And I think I'd grown the list to almost 10,000 at the time. And, and I said, all right, well, you know, I'm, I make online courses, but they're all data stuff. So I don't know how directly related that is to this audience. So I did a survey and I asked him and I think I got about 500 or so people that said, yeah, they want a free, a free first copy of it or first chapter and they're interested. So 500 people, if you know, I don't know, 10% of them signed up or something, you know, that could, that could be an option. Right. Mm -hmm. But it seemed, it seemed a little adjunct. It seemed a little, you know, uh, uh, not directly related. Like people, follow me and join my thing for Tesla. And this is not Tesla stuff. It's right. like another online course for data something. And so that's still in, in my mind because there are enough people that like have, you know, could use these skills, but that's not directly related. So the other idea I had was about creating a, a summit, an online summit for Tesla fans. And the reason I wanted to do it online is because we did this in person where me and a bunch of other, uh, we call ourselves Tesla tubers, Tesla YouTubers, uh, we all got together at, at a, a tour or actually at the Model 3 handover event and then at the uh, a Tesla VIP factory tour that we all went on. And we, we live streamed it and people went bananas over it. They were like, oh my God, you guys are all friends and you're all together in the same space. Like, mm -hmm. I want to come to that. And then I started looking into a physical conference and holy cow, it's, it's insane how complex and how much money it takes and how much time and how many people to do a physical conference. Yeah. And so I thought this, okay, that's lame. You know, I'm into technology. This like, you know, you everybody found me through YouTube or through my website. So yeah, let's do this in a more modern way. And so I created TeslaCon, uh, the first ever web-based conference for EV and Tesla fans. And essentially it's, you get to hear from and interact with your favorite creators directly. Uh, so unlike, you know, a physical conference where, you know, Pat, you get up there and speak for an hour and then maybe you take five questions and you're done. This is like much more intimate and much more direct where the questions that the person answers are voted on. And so only the most popular questions pop up. So that I think, you know, w when I when I saw that platform and I started to get into that, I was like, this is really cool. And so that's what, you know, my first like digital product, I guess you could say, is for the Tesla con or the Teslanomics audience. What uh, platform were you using to host that? Crowdcast. Crowdcast. Yeah. And how did it go? I, it went great. <laughs> um, we're still uh, still waiting on replays and some other features and things like that to come in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, the, the thing that is a bit tough about it is that people want everything for free. Um, especially online stuff. Mm -hmm. So they had a hard time with uh, with, with paying two hundred dollars was was the average price for it. So there was a bit of a rub there, but we we hit our goal of a hundred sales, and uh, that's awesome. I, I mean, yeah, you know, at, at first because it, it's a really weird thing because you know if, if I got a hundred views on a video on YouTube, I would I would be devastated. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god, what did I do wrong? Right. But you know, a hundred people paying two hundred dollars to come to an event. Awesome, right? Um, so, so yeah. So that was the first time we'll do that. Uh, probably do it again, but but gonna take some lessons there from from how it went and everything. What is one big takeaway? Something that you wish you had done differently? Uh, I wish I had hired more people to help with uh, some of the organization and some of the like. There are so many things to do uh, of just updating people on the agenda, mm -hmm. creating pages for these things. You know, um, all those things are 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 just 
it, it's insurmountable, right? It's just too much and, and things fall through the cracks. So I wish I would have hired more people to help kind of all the administrative stuff like that. But despite there being a few hiccups here and there, um, glad you did it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I just think, you know, for me, I, I still, it, I don't look at the, at the vanity metrics as much uh, about, you know, oh, we made X amount of dollars or this or that. I, I look at more at how, how did people really feel? Like, like was it a good thing? Because <laughs> if it was a really good thing and people really loved it, then I know we have something special. And whether or not we reached a million people or not, I think is, is, is something that you can work on, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have something that's not good in the beginning and it really doesn't like, like land well with people, then trying to scale that isn't going to go anywhere. So, you know, I, I'm happy about about the, the positive response and the community that, that we're building and stuff. That's awesome. I'm stoked to see it grow even bigger. I'm stoked to see other products that you might be coming out with um, because I'm obviously a Tesla fan myself too. Uh, yeah. So speaking of Tesla, do you have a relationship with them? Uh, not officially. I, I do uh, know some people that work there and um, I've talked to the PR team a few times and, and I, I guess through the referral program, I have a contact that I work with through them, but that's kind of any customer, you know, anybody that has a referral can do that. Yeah. But, uh, but officially like do, does Tesla support or work with Teslanomics? No. Um, and I think that's kind of just their standard policy, right? Like they don't really, they're very Apple like, I guess <laughs> in that way. Yeah, um, although but, you wouldn't, be able to create a website called Applenomics because right. of the trademark. So I'm curious to know, related to, to your trademark, if you don't mind sharing, um, like how do you deal with that possibility yeah. or, you know, with that? well, b- before I officially rebranded the name, um, or, or the, the channel to Teslanomics, I looked at kind of what was out there already. And there's websites like Tesla Roddy and there are other channels called like Tesla and everything Tesla. And there's, so there are lots of, of, uh, the, the, their trademark or their name is widely used by many, many properties and stuff. And I looked and I hadn't seen anything about anybody getting sued over it or anything like that. Um, so I felt, okay, I'm going to try it and we'll see how it goes. Cool. <laughs> you know, if they, if they tell me I have to change, fine. You know, we're still small and early. It's not like, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and it's, you know, it's not Coca-Cola, right? It's, it's, it's a small brand that's growing. And so, um, in talking with their PR team, uh, you know, generally their, their view that they've shared with me is that they're supportive of people that are doing what we do, spreading information and helping people understand EVs and Tesla and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think it's just, this is my opinion. I don't think they're, it's, it's, it's important enough for them to worry about. Like there are so many giant things that they're trying to do. Yeah, They, they kind of have a bunch of cars to get out and uh, yeah. right. That, that this is like, Oh, do we even want to have a pay a lawyer to write a letter to a guy who has a YouTube channel with, you know, in compared to like the, how big they are tiny, right? I'm like right. not even a molecule. Well, you're, also, <laughs> you're also actually helping people. Right. And we know this because you've, through the program that Tesla has, which is really cool. I was, when I got a Tesla, I was quite surprised to realize that they have an affiliate program where yeah. they call it a referral program, um, where you could go through my link, for example, buy a Tesla, I get something, you get a little bit of discount too. And so when did you start promoting that through your channels and tell us kind of what happened next? Yeah. So the referral program, once you own a Tesla, like you said, you know, you can share your link, people use it to buy a Tesla and you get prizes. Um, 
I started promoting it. So in January of 2017, they announced the first person to 20 uh, in each region, North America being one of the regions, gets a free P100D Model S or X. And so with that giant carrot in front of you (laughs) and me deciding to now just solely focus on Tesla, I thought, yeah, let's go. Like, I'm going to do it. And so I started promoting it in January. And honestly, I didn't really see any traction um, until about June. (laughs) So there's there's a real big kind of lead there. Um, Yeah, I think I had four or five referrals. Big investment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm asking people to buy a hundred thousand dollar on average product, right? So it's not like a two hundred dollars or a thousand dollars here. This is like a major thing. So not something people just you know write a check for and you know don't worry about it. So that was when I started, but then it really picked up um, in when when they announced the the current version of of the program, which the grand prize was a free uh, next gen Roadster, and. I, I was kind of blown away when I saw it. It was a joke at first because it was like, oh, well, every person you refer will give you a 2% discount. And you're like, okay, cool. So I got like two or three referrals. I'm like, yay, I only have like, you know, 45 more to go. Yeah. <laughs> so it just seemed insurmountable. Um, and, and, and you know, at the time, the, the channel really started to grow. Um, I, I was seeing like, you know, six to 7,000 new subscribers every month. That's when I finally hit like 500,000 views a month, 600,000 views a month, and it really started to pick up. Um, and I actually used some uh, of your tactics and stuff on act, on how to promote this and, and, and really kind of grow – uh, the, that group within my list and then nurture them to the point where they actually use my code to buy. Um, and so, I mean, the, the whole workflow was like, go to my website, fill out this type form. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Tesla had a weird thing where they said, uh, okay, uh, so super weird. Somebody was upset on Twitter about YouTubers pushing their code, pushing their referral code. Because like this is just, should only be for Tesla owners, you know, it should be special. And so Elon responded and said, "We're going to put a stop to that." And me and a lot of the other folks were like, "Oh, like that is total buzzkill for yeah. us." And a few YouTubers actually got uh, letters from Tesla or emails from Tesla and said, "Hey, you know, take your code off your channel. Um, otherwise, we're basically going to invalidate any of the referrals you've given us. None of the prizes will come out. Whatever." And so that was a, that was a big bummer. Then um, at one of the events, I forget which one of the events, uh, me and a few of the other folks met the guy that runs the referral program. And we talked to him about it. And he said, you know, the problem was that people were taking out billboards with their code. And people were doing Google ads for their codes. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the intent of it, right? They didn't want to make this a marketing tool for people that to make money on. And so so they, they, had, they saw a giant flood of essentially uh, malicious or, you know, whatever disingenuous usage of the code. And so that's what they were really trying to clamp down on. Makes sense. Then they, they updated their, their, their program just a few uh, weeks after that conversation and said, YouTube is okay. Right. They said, as long as you're doing something good and, and you're being honest, you can be critical. We're not you know, playing that game. But just as long as you're not basically trying to do this for profit and you're doing it, you know, uh, it kind of with some altruistic intent, we're all good. And so from that moment on, it was like, all right, let's go. And I created the type form which said you have to be my friend in order to get my code. 
I play. I had a video. I play flamenco guitar. So there's a video of me playing flamenco guitar. And then I asked, hey, tell me something about yourself, right? Tell me something about you so I know. So I've had like 2,000 people fill this out. I haven't even went through all the responses. Some of them are pretty funny. But with that, you filled it out. Now you're on my list. Now you get an email. And now you're in an email sequence, which is here's the code. And then a week later, how'd it go? Did your order go through? You know, two weeks later, if you didn't open that one, you know, are you still there? Like, did it, you know, how's it going? And so a lot of times what would happen is people would go get the code. Then they would, they, they wouldn't order, but they would get the email. How'd your order go? Then they would respond personally, say, oh man, you know, I'm waiting on this. I still have questions about this. And then I would go back and forth with them over email. I mean, sometimes dozens of times. Um, And then eventually they would use my code and buy. And that's when I think, I saw like a real, you know, spike in kind of the the number of referrals I was getting. Yeah, that's great. Oftentimes with these larger ticket items, this is obviously like a huge one. Uh, yeah. People are going to have questions. They're going to they're going to um, question the purchase. And if you are there on the other end helping them through those questions and can provide those answers, well, they're going to want to go through your link when you convince them, and not yep. convince them in a in a in a slimy way, but just truly answer their questions because that's what they need to be convinced. Um, so big lesson for all of you out there. And this is why when I promote products often, I'll say, hey, by the way, if you have any questions, like, please let me know. Because I know that when people have questions, they're interested. They just need a little bit of help before uh, pushing forward and following through. Okay, so there's this carrot in front of you now. It's not the 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 hundred. It's it's the Roadster, which, you know, the original Tesla was a, was a Roadster built on a Lotus yep. chassis. And then it was like discontinued. And so you hear news that there's a new roadster coming out. You don't know what it looks like. It's never been revealed, but you won. <laughs> I won. You won. Like after yeah. a certain amount of referrals that came in 50 or however many. Um, 55. Yeah. It was a five referral ante to get into the secret level, which uh-huh. is where you get the roadster. And then it was each one then from there on gave you a 2% discount. So you needed 50. So yeah, 55. Oh, okay. Um, and I actually, uh, two more have slipped in. I've got 57. So I don't know if that gets me a 104% discount. Yeah. You get money and a roadster. <laughs> and so how are you feeling when you realize through these referrals and through these conversations that you were getting this brand new roadster that we don't even know lo- what it looks oh, like? Yes. Yet? Uh, you know, it, it was very unreal, um, at the time because yeah, like you said, there were basically no details there, there was, there was like one person that had done a, a mock-up and that was it. Um, it was a super like, so just a story about how, like for YouTube, I wanted to make sure that I got my real honest reaction to this. And so I had to like move the the app on my phone, which shows you your number of referrals to a different folder. I had to hide it for myself so I wouldn't check it because I didn't want to then go try to act in front of the camera. Cause I'm not, not good at that. Cause you knew you were, you were getting close. Yeah. I mean, as in the beginning, it was very like, ha ha ha, only 40 more to go, you know? And then towards the end, I'm like, holy crap, I'm almost there. Uh, And so, yeah, when I was, I think at 54 and you need 55, that's when I said, okay, I need to make sure that I get my reaction on camera. So I would come into my studio each morning, fire up all the cameras and everything, hit record and then go check. Um, That way it was a real honest reaction. Uh, And remember, I I was getting like two or three a day. So it could it could happen at any moment. Um, So that's why I had to be very diligent about recording my reaction and stuff. Uh Uh, When it when it happened, I was I mean, I I was I knew it was coming and I, I, I was overjoyed, but it still felt not real. 
you know, because, because I because there were still no details about it, you know, like in, in the referral program, the way it works, I still like they still I've won officially two power walls, but it's been over a year and I still haven't got them. So it was very kind of like, yes, amazing. Wait, <laughs> uh, this is really mean. <laughs> yeah, like, OK, maybe, maybe I'll get it in five years. Who knows? Right. And it wasn't real until I went to the Tesla semi event and they unveiled it. Oh, it's so crazy that you were there. It was so <laughs> perfect. So for everybody listening right now, this is what happened. So nobody knows about this roadster. Nobody knows when it's coming out. Nobody hears any news. Um, and then they have this reveal that Elon uh, leads in like a keynote and they reveal the semi truck, which is going to change the, the trucking industry. And they go through all the details of that. And then you think the, the thing is over. And all of a sudden, there's like a second presentation, and out the back of one of these semi trucks comes one of these new roadsters, and you see it, it, it with your own eyes, and you think, "Yeah, that's mine." <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was, "Everybody, get away from my car!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my and, and it has like some ridiculous specs, like zero to sixty in one point nine, uh-huh. and just oh man, you're going to be flying. And I saw some people twenty mile range, yeah, six hundred fifty mile range, like that's. 620. 620. Yeah. yeah, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. You could drive from here in San Diego to San Francisco without having to stop. And back most of the way. Yeah. Without having to stop. Anyway, we're geeking out a little bit on Tesla. But the whole point of the story is the fact that because of the care that you've taken to answer people's questions and the fact that you kind of positioned yourself as the Tesla data guy and that's what people want to know, um, you were able to, to, to win your way to this really cool, amazing prize. And whether there's a prize or not, I mean, there are often JV partnerships where there's, you know, a small window or whoever gets the most leads or whoever gets the most sales, there are prizes. Those can be very motivating. So if you have your own product to sell, perhaps to move your affiliates, you want to, you know, dangle a little bit of a carrot for them too. Um, but from the aff- affiliate person, the people doing the selling uh, for those products, um, you know, being genuine, being honest, being authentic and truly being helpful will get you a really long way. Yeah, I can't believe it. I think this year to date we have uh, through my my code I have about 67 people that have bought Teslas with it. That's crazy. Which I mean you're so that's you're approaching 7 million dollars in in product sales through one affiliate. I mean, it, it, I actually it's funny they have a an API that they opened up and I built a little dashboard on it to show th- they've made over a billion dollars uh through the referral program um in in Tesla sales overall. And I mean, that's insane. I mean, there's no company where I think a billion dollars is a small amount of money, right? (laughs) Especially through referrals specifically. Yeah. And attract attract referral program. Because I know a lot of things are based on just friends telling friends and word of mouth and stuff. So now that you're going to get this roadster, imagine all the new videos you're going to shoot with it. (laughs) I have have a list. Yeah. Yeah. And I have actually a lot of folks that want to shoot videos with me with it. Uh, The question I I still have is like when, so, I mean, if you were Tesla and, and this is the founder series, by the way, so this is the, the fully specced out one, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the people that bought that, there were only a thousand that they're making. Now, they had to pay $250,000. They had to pay $5,000 that night and then wire the extra $245,000 within 10 days. So if I'm Tesla, I'm probably not going to make the guys that didn't pay anything for it first. I'm probably going to give it to the guys that gave me a quarter million dollars. So 
there's a big question about like how long will me and the other folks that are that are going to get them or get a steep discount on them when will we actually get them um it'll probably be if i'm tesla i'm probably making theirs last right it's probably not a priority uh but yeah as soon as i get it i mean i promised my wife that we're going to go a road trip up the california coast in it uh no kids and and just enjoy it um because she's been you know obviously a huge supporter uh and really made this all possible so without her none of this would happen so you know that's priority one um but along the way i'll probably be stopping into la filming a lot and then up in san francisco i have some friends that i want to meet up with and and shoot with well, so hey man i'm in san diego and yeah i don't have a tesla channel but i will have a channel <laughs> that's good, hopefully you know growing pretty pretty big i'd love to uh maybe do a collab with you and and, and get you uh on, on my show uh yeah on youtube and we'll, we'll figure things out anyway i just want to get in, in the car once you have it basically <laughs> um but dude no thank you thank you for telling us this story i mean it's a really incredible journey that you've had here from uh excel data nerd building courses to now tesla nerd and known in the industry and now winning cars and stuff so um a lot of important lessons on along the way from just kind of follow your strengths listen to the signals and um you know be helpful and uh, just trying to kind of go with the flow sometimes i think if if i could ask you one last question for somebody who's trying to build a brand who um hasn't yet found their signal yet what would you recommend for them to keep going you know i would say keep trying new ideas and don't like don't don't be married to one idea because that that can sink you in some ways right like i was very married to hey i'm going to teach you data science and i i mean it was i still am like ah oh, people want that but honestly they don't <laughs> they really don't <laughs> and it took me a long time to realize that um so I, I think actually, I don't know if it, it was your podcast or, or maybe it was Freakonomics or somebody talked about it, but like the importance of knowing when to quit and, and knowing when to say, look, that's not working. Yeah. I need to, I need to try something new and you still have your superpower, right? Like for me, anything I do will always have this element of like looking at the data and making sense of it. But I could probably translate, you know, Tesla stuff into reviewing tech products from a financial standpoint or some other, you know what I mean? So I think keeping your superpower, but then not being totally married to like your first idea uh, and, and being open and, and paying attention to those signals. So because once you find it, I mean, this has been such a fun journey. I mean, I, I just can't tell you I was, you know, me, I feel like me and Franz, the chief designer from Tesla, are friends now. I see him at every event and we always hang out for That's at least cool, five man. minutes. You know, Elon is always MIA because he's Elon. But it, I mean, he's like he gives a presentation and then security escorts no, him off. He's, he's gone. He's out, yeah, yeah. You know, but hey, you're one of the richest men in the world. Blah blah blah, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, but just it's been such a fun journey. And even though I'm not making you know crazy money, I'm having so much fun. And if I had been stuck with that first idea about teaching people data science and didn't let go of it then I wouldn't be here and, you know, we probably wouldn't be talking. And so, you know, I would say that was the biggest thing was just like listening and, and being open to changing directions. Um, because when you find it, when you find your voice, as they say, you know, it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty fun. Yeah, man. Well, I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people go and uh, check you out? Yeah, so on my website, I have everything, teslanomics.co. Um, also, just on YouTube is is the best place to find me. Just search for teslanomics. Probably if you just search for anything Tesla, you'll find me. <laughs> but, I love it, man. That's how it should be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, good luck. We'll talk soon and, and catch up shortly. Cool, thanks, man. Thanks, man. 
All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ben. Again, you can find him at Teslanomics on uh, YouTube and also teslanomics.co. I'm doing them interchangeably now. But anyway, hey, Ben, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Super inspirational, uh, especially for me getting into the YouTube space and seeing your success with it in such a quick period of time. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on my YouTube channel too. So that's smartpassiveincome.com slash YouTube. And all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are gonna be found on the show notes, which you can find at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 301. Now, really quick, I wanna tell you about next week's episode. So if you aren't yet convinced to subscribe, do that now because with the new uh, versions of Ask Pat and the studying I've been doing, I've been learning a lot about coaching and the art of coaching. And this is gonna be a really helpful episode for all of you who wanna learn how to Uh, coach better or do consulting or perhaps even have your own podcast one day if you haven't had one already where you ask questions and you learn how to interview. What I've learned through studying coaching over the past couple of months in preparation for Ask Pat 2.0 and the SPI Accelerator program, uh, it's, it's it's just blowing my mind and I cannot wait to share my findings with you in episode 302 coming out next week. So make sure you subscribe to the show so you can get that. Um, Until then, keep crushing it. Again, my name is Pat Flynn here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. I appreciate you. Thank you. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast, yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.